Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the bi-weekly Flim Flam. Uh, <laughs> I'm Kalen. I'm Fox. And uh, we're back. Uh, we had uh, a bit of a problem getting getting set up for ne- last week. Uh, Fox has been a very busy part of school. Um, my work season is in its peak, so I'm also very busy. Um, and a whole host of other things is going on, so... Well, unfortunately, we missed another week, but uh, we're back, and we're going to try and keep this as, as straight on as possible. I had a guest lined up, and that fell through just uh, due to circumstance, and they're still on board. Like, nothing nothing personal happened, but um, we're going to have more people on my end uh, as in terms of guests uh, very soon, probably in the next episode. Maybe not. It's Easter next weekend, so I don't know exactly when we're going to record, but this one's coming at you now. Um, so that's what I've been up to, Fox. I've just been, it's either been school, sleep, or being sick for me for the past two weeks. Um, I was hoping I could do one last week, but it just uh, didn't pan out. Too bad I can't devote more of my life to the the flim flam right now. I know I'd love to. Um, Looking like it's going to be a rocky next couple of weeks as well with finals coming up and, and final reports all over the place. Just can't ignore them, unfortunately. So that's that how it'd be. That's how it'd be. Well, I mean, this weekend, something that I wanted to talk about uh, fairly... Um, fairly... Oh, it's sort of out of left field. We haven't really spoken about this since our movies and TV shows uh, episode, and we did touch on it, but I just wanted to because... Today is officially the 27th when we're recording this, 27th of March, and the 27th of April, I believe, is when Avengers 3 Infinity War is coming out. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch on, um, just from the outside as a consumer and, and someone who appreciates art and all of its mediums, exactly uh, what the MCU or Marvel Cinematic Universe is and what it is to people and how, and how crazy it is that they've accomplished what they've accomplished. And not only that, but they've done it well. Like, they haven't missed a beat the whole time. I think every one of those movies is, is pretty good, actually, and, and entirely passable. So, I don't know. And they've um, just been getting better and better, right? And they're getting better at, at telling the stories and listening to what the people want and all that stuff. I mean, this weekend, I've just spent like a good deal of, of the weekend um, watching the whole thing chronologically from with by release date with my girlfriend because she hasn't seen them all. So going back and watching Iron Man 1 again, and Iron Man 2, and Thor, and Captain America 1, and the Avengers, the first Avengers movie, and then looking at the trailers for Infinity War and what's coming, and it's like, it's gotten so much bigger than it was, and back at the time, in 2012, when the Avengers came out, it was big then. I think it was crazy, right? Oh yeah, there was uh, just, it was just crazy. I remember going to see Avengers, the first one, in theaters down in uh, Kalispell. And I remember everybody was decked out in cosplay, and there were Captain America shields everywhere, and Iron Man heads everywhere. It was just like, it was like going to Comic Con in a movie theater. But like, it was so good. The first of all, oh yeah, it did not disappoint at all. They knocked it out of the park. I mean, well let's let's go through these each movie chronologically. I mean, let's let's just what we can remember about the movies and and like. I think the most important movie, or at least one of the most important movies of the whole thing, obviously, would be the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, and I, I watched it yesterday, so I just want to talk about it, like, just for a sec. Uh, it, like, Iron Man 1. I mean, think about the climate at the time. It was 2008. Um, Marvel hadn't been bought by Disney at the time. And they were losing a lot of money because of this thing. And I don't know if you know anything about this, uh, Fox, but have you ever heard of the comic bust of the 90s? 
Mm, no. So what happened was, um, I think in the 70s or something, or maybe in the 80s, the Buyer Street Price Guide came out, I believe it's called, which sort of, before, so before if you wanted to use comic books as collectible items, you sort of just had to have them, and then you'd go into a comic book store and be like, hey, well, this is the first appearance of Spider-Man, I want $1,000 for it, and the comic book owner could be like, well, no, nah, I think I'll give you 100 for it, and then you'd barter in that way. Well, what this buyer's guide said, and it, it was like, a, I think it was an annual issue or something like that. It, it set a recommended price for each comic book based on its rarity and, and it, given information, right? Mm-hmm. So then they could go in and be like, well, I don't want $100. I want 1000 It says it's worth that here. If you don't want it, I'll go to the next store that wants it, right? Yeah. So then people were, you know, during all of the, you know, these financial collapses and crises, is people would start, it started in the 90s, so... People would start buying comic books, like significant comic books, like the first ex- appearance of the Fantastic Four with X Group or, or or whatever, like the comic that this person died or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they would buy multiples of them, right? So what would happen is they the comic book vendor wouldn't report back to Marvel or DC that the people were coming in and buying like five of one comic, but they were just reporting their sales numbers. So they thought sca- sales were, were skyrocketing. So... Marvel and DC Comics thought they just had a license to print money, right? Because people were buying comics. Well, what ended up happening is once you... So if I were to find, say, like a a material... Like, (laughs) go back to Avatar 2008. Unobtainium. Say I found a rock of unobtainium on the ground, right? And it's the only thing that exists of that shit in the whole world. It's worth a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. But then, say, someone's walking along... And they stumble into a cave, and the whole thing is full of unobtainium. And the cave stretches for miles. All of a sudden, your unobtainium isn't worth nearly as much, right? Mm -hmm. So they oversaturated the market, and then because Marvel and DC thought they were just people were super interested in comic books again, they started printing so many different comics with so many different characters, and they would just uh, and they would and but those were the ones that people were buying. Well, no, they were just printing it because they thought their sales were up. So, and they would print stories for characters that normally wouldn't have them. They would print uh, up to 20 variant cover issues for a comic book. Like, even just one issue. Yeah. So, like, there would be so many different prints going out. And then, eventually, like, come 2000s, there was another financial issue, right? In, um... Everyone was blaming everyone for, you know, the mortgage crises and the automotive collapse and all that stuff in the United States, right? So, basically... Um, all those people bought those comics and realized that they weren't worth anything because everyone was buying them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so then they stopped, and then all of a sudden, all of these published publications by Marvel and DC had no more people buying them, so they had to downsize and they lost a ton of money on printing all this shit, right? Yeah. Well, it didn't bother DC too much because they were already bought by Warner Brothers at the time, so they had corporate backing, yeah. but Marvel did not. So that's exactly why they ended up selling the rights to their most popular characters to different studios, mm-hmm. which is why Universal had the Hulk in Namor, and that's why uh, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men went to Fox, and that's why Sony Spider-Man. Had, the, had Spider-Man and Spider-Man properties. Yeah. So that's that's basically the the back end to it. So their last ditch effort to get out of debt and to sort of become a fledgling company again because they were failing hard is Marvel Comics was they had they had seen how the X Men was out and the Fantastic Four was out and the Spider Man movies the original Spider Man movies um, and they're like well we got to try it so 
they decided to do an Iron Man movie. And they needed to get funding for it, so they put up all of the rights for, I think, Captain America, Thor, the Avengers, the Inhumans, like, any of those of those rights went up uh, as sort of, like, collateral against this movie so they could get a loan, basically, mm-hmm. to, to create this movie. And they already got um, John Favreau, who plays Happy Hogan in the, in the, uh, in the movies, uh, the bodyguard slash assistant for mm-hmm. Tony Stark. Well, they got him as a director for the first Iron Man, and he said he wouldn't do it unless they got Robert Downey Jr., which costs a lot of money. So if you think about it, Marvel Comics had to t- had to get John Favreau and Mar- Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man, and this is at the time when uh, Robert Downey Jr. was just coming out of like a sketchy past, right? Like he was into drugs and, yeah, and yeah. like Charlie Sheen and all that shit, right? So it was a huge risk, right? <laughs> but then the movie comes out. And it's Iron Man. And if you think back, like, that is an obscure character compared to, like, Spider-Man and Superman and Batman. Oh, no, he did. Like, no one knew Iron no Man. No one knew And it kind of surprised like, me because... Um, it surprised a lot of people. Well, like, you, you watch that movie and you think, oh, this is, like, this is not just any gimmick. Like, this is a, this is a pretty interesting character with a pretty interesting ability. Um, but then you look back at his comics when he came out. Uh, oh, a different! Oh, yeah, entirely. completely different. It was so. It was so. It was really strange, especially like looking at the the design and everything. Completely different than the Iron Man in the movie that you see. And like Iron Man, as far as I'm concerned, Iron Man before 2008 is completely irrelevant. And 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 the Iron Man that I care about, even comic book wise, because they've they've guided him to be more like the movie character, is Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Oh yeah, it's so perfect. It's so perfectly cast. Like, I mean, there's even stories of Stan Lee, who's like the 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 father of timely comics and Marvel comics, giving you know him a hug and saying that you were perfect for this role. You know what I mean? Bl- giving his blessing rather. Yeah. And and it was such a good movie, dude. It was. It had a it had a compelling villain. It had a compelling plot line. Suspense. You know, the acting was good. But I mean, looking back, it's dated compared to modern ones because you know it's a spectacle. It's it's a fantasy adventure, technology inspired. Like, but Buddy's got buttons on his phone. He's got a phone. He's he's skyping with Happy Hogan and or whatever you want to call it, FaceTime or whatever. They didn't have that in two thousand eight. But his phone has buttons, like digital, like actual buttons. Oh, when's the last time you saw a phone at Iron Man with actual buttons? <laughs> like um, that, it, it's almost it's starting. Yeah, you're right. It's starting to get dated. We got phones with buttons, and we got holographic walls and all that stuff. It's funny looking at Iron Man 1 and being like, wow, that guy, super advanced dude has dated technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy. But now you start but, I mean, looking at Iron Man and like he, it, over the movies even, he's progressed a lot. His character has changed. And that's well, to- super totally yeah. There's, to a, see. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of development. We'll get into that as we go through this. But I mean, something I want to mention just briefly is Spider-Man: Homecoming came out, and it was on the heels of the original Spider-Man trilogy by Sony, and then the Amazing Spider-Man uh, little two films there with Andrew Garfield, um, and those were somewhat well received, but both ended on a sour note. <laughs> And uh, people were kind of sketchy about another Spider-Man reboot. And, and Spider-Man is, in terms of toy sales and, and things like that and popularity in the comics and stuff, is the face of Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man is. Easily. And Spider-Man outsells Batman and Superman by leaps and bounds. Like, he is by far the most popular superhero for kids. And in order to po- to popularize and get people to go see that movie that otherwise might not, ha- not have... 
they put a su- Iron Man, Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in that movie as a supporting character. And that caused people to go see that movie more so. Oh, yeah, that was you, like, it, you, so if, if you, you saw the, um, the trailer, Iron Man was probably in half of that trailer. Oh, he was pronounced. He was. He was like, "Yeah, come see this." But, because but Iron if you Man go saw it. the, if you went to see the movie, it, he was in none of it. He might have had like five to seven minutes. Oh yeah, like he was a supporting role for sure. And and it's funny because like people were calling it um, Iron Man Homecoming. You know what I mean? And but if like, you went and saw the movie, that's that's bunk. It's yeah, it's bullshit. But but like like I said, they used him as a draw for the movie. And if you were to think that in 2008 that the character that they first made that movie on would become the draw for people to go see a Spider-Man movie, that'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just, it's just really interesting. And then... Um, but on the but note yeah, of that, they did such an amazing job with that. And, and so is Robert Downey Jr. And all the directors he's worked with, everything's been so good. Like... And it and it's awesome because if you look at it like that movie, and then a decade later, look at where Iron Man is as a character, and where the whole universe is in you know its entirety. Oh no, no, just I just I mean like a Spider-Man movie after like five other Spider-Man movies. Oh, and it blew them all out of the water. And it blew them all out of the water. Like how? Oh do my you God, do was it? It was so good. But yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I was impressed. I was quite young at the time, right? I was only 13 when I saw that. And it was uh, really special. Like, I didn't, I wasn't really into comic books. I'd played some Marvel video games. Like, I was, I was just a whatever thing. But I mean, it sort of, it was the first draw, right? I mean, now I'm really into comic books. And I understand, like, a lot of these characters' histories and all that, that big history lesson I did about Marvel Comics at the beginning. Like, I wouldn't have known any of that if it weren't for that first movie. Oh, I know. And Iron Man was like hit me right at that time when you're trying to figure out what's going on to see like a superhero like that in a good movie cast so well. I I think like Iron Man one has sort of become like our generation's Star Wars. Pretty you know, like, well, yeah. So like a de- people that are like a decade older than us that have that grew up with the very first Star Wars. Um, that feeling that they had watching those movies, I had a similar feeling watching. Iron Man 1 and then subsequently this whole universe they've made and then the other thing is like it's like that in the Lord of the Rings for me other than and some for some people would be like things like Harry Potter mm-hmm. or maybe maybe the Hunger Games but I wouldn't want to even put that in the same class personally but some people might um, but but honestly like for me it's just been literally this cinematic universe in Lord of the Rings that's just phew, there's nothing else that comes close for me yeah I can definitely see it um so, do you have anything more to say about Iron Man? Well, I mean, the other thing... Well, we'll get into it in a sec. Do you want to talk about the next one? The Incredible Hulk. Now, that was, like... After looking back at everything... Um, the Incredible Hulk was not one of the ones I would have put in the first group of them. Right? Like, if you look the, well, at, at Phase 1, all of the uh, all of the movies before the Avengers, each of the... Uh, pretty well each of the Avengers before they put it in the Avengers movie I definitely thought that there wasn't a Hulk movie well you see the thing is the Hulk movie that was there it's very different from the rest of the Marvel Universe movies because it was the only one that's been made by Universal and that's again because of those rights exchanges that that, that happened yeah it was sort of like a precursor to Spider-Man Homecoming if you know what I mean like a super precursor because 
they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with the with the universe or with the world or anything. They didn't know what the agreements were going to end up to be. Um, and yeah, you know, it's 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 really interesting and like. It's a decent enough movie. It's well enough casted, but like it's very isolated, and you don't really have to watch it. Um, yeah, but that's that's just experience. what I get. It's like it, it's so different than the rest of the uh, Marvel movies. Like you compare it to Iron Man, the cinematography, everything is just so different. Oh, it's totally different. But like there are little hints and bits that tie it to the rest of it, and the other movies do a good job of referencing towards it. And um, Edward Norton's performance was fine, but I think Mark Ruffalo, when he when he gets to the Avengers and, and beyond, Mark Ruffalo playing that character is better. The reason I think they did the Hulk was because I think at the time, like you got to think about what characters they couldn't use, right? Yeah. Nothing related to the Fantastic Four. Nothing related to Spider Man. Nothing related to the X Men. Like what's left? Literally just the Avengers, and then who are the most popular Avengers to people who aren't comic book nerds, right? Yeah. I think it's those four, and honestly. Um, because if you look at people they've released after the fact, it's like Black Panther and Doctor Strange and the Ant-Man. Like, I don't think they would have been able to do those movies justice back then. No, for sure. So, and I it's think, just I th- like, even I had heard of the Hulk before then. Right. Right. Like you, you've seen a little bit about it here and there. The Hulk is, um, just something you know about. He's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde phenomena. Yeah. He definitely based on that. And so um, it's kind of interesting just seeing you know, that, like, and it's uh, one of the first movies that they put out, kind of in the same vein as Iron Man, even, like, because even though you know of the Hulk, it's not like a... Yeah, and, and like, like I said, it, it's just, it's, it's a different sort of thing, and every, everyone gets recast in that, and there's, there's only one returning character, and he doesn't come back till the beginning of Phase 3. Yeah. So, and and Edward Norton, like I said, he did a fine job. And one thing we didn't touch on either is that uh, Colonel Rhodes, uh, War Machine in Iron Man 1, gets recast to Don Cheadle for Iron Man 2. Yeah. And no one gave a shit or noticed. And anyone you ask now thinks that Don Cheadle did a better job. Mm. And, like, I I, I would say absolutely. I think Don Cheadle's a way better War Machine than the the guy they had in the first Iron Man, personally. Um, I don't know. At any rate, uh, the so one thing I want to mention here is if you look at the I'll look up the producers for these films, it it initially starts with this guy named Avi Arad and Kevin Feige, and that was before they got purchased by Disney when this all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Feige is the leading sort of he's the he's the the guy who pushed everything and and creates. He, <laughs> it wouldn't be possible without him. Let's just say it that way. He's He's to this cinematic universe and how good it is, like Einstein is to the theory of relativity. He's mm-hmm. an ingrained part of it, a keystone element of it. And you and there was a big debacle at Marvel about, you know, let's make this studio more independent, not tied down to corporations who try to shape movies. Let's make this about creativity and make it about pleasing fans. And they will just come. And he proved that right. So you'll see that if you look up the producers for these movies, Avi Arad's involved in the first couple, and then after that, it's just Kevin Feige, the mm-hmm. whole way down. And the only reason that um, other people will be involved if it's, if it's, if it's, is if it's a shared property like Spider-Man. So, I mean, I'm, I'm personally really happy with the direction they went. Iron Man 2, which is the next one in the series, I wasn't super on board with. Like, it was, it was all right. Like, I didn't mind it at all. Um, like I said, there's the character change of uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. As War Machine, uh, Colonel James Rhodes, and other than that, um, I think it, it was pretty well Black Widow's movie. 
It, yeah, in a way it was. And, like, it's... I, I, I feel it's, like well, it could what have it was is just a Black Widow movie. Well, they used the storyline from Demon in a Bottle, um, which was where, you know, T- Tony Stark becomes an alcoholic in the comics and he's, like, you know, self-destructive behavior, even though he's the guy who has everything sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, what they could have done with it is... This is where we first see Marvel's uh, villain problem show up. That's when it turns up. The very first hint of it. Because Marvel has this problem, we can touch on it later, where the villains aren't compelling enough to make the the movies truly amazing. And the only ones that are truly amazing out of this, because they're all very passable at the very worst and good on average, but the, the amazing ones, the one key factor they have in common is the villains. Yeah. And the villains being fleshed out. And this applies even to the TV series. So... I, Whiplash as a villain and Justin Hammer as a villain, I think were wasted. I didn't really, you know, it was just like a whatever movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of those passable ones. But I mean, I still liked it. And, and you know, Robert Downey Jr. killed it. So. Yeah. I don't know what you have to say about Iron Man 2, but. No, that was pretty well it. It was just uh, pro bono Iron Man. The action was pretty well what all that I went to see it for. And it wasn't wasted on that. Like, there was some really good stuff in there. Um, the next one after that is Thor, and there was another thing that, that was with Thor that was a little bit interesting, and it went through Thor, it went through Thor 2, it was sort of in the Avengers, um, it sort of to get pried away during Age of Ultron, Avengers 2, uh, and then it, they, f- they fixed it completely in Thor Ragnarok, and that's where they treated the character too seriously, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, Thor as a character is a little bit ridiculous. He's like, oh, I come from Asgard. As, oh yeah, they know, definitely... Save, and, you know, like, like they, um, they made it serious. Yeah, and that and the fact of the matter was um, how serious Thor was was just uh, a gag, pretty well. Exactly. Yeah, but and they was they played to, it off yeah. in Thor not as a gag. Like, oh my god, he's actually like he's like that, and everybody's yeah, well, just okay with it. It's not a laughing matter when it, it definitely was. And in, in the comics, the the best Thor moments when to use him being serious is when he's being a total badass. Yeah. And, like, you actually showcasing how much more powerful he is than other entities in the universe. Yeah. Like, in the comics, there's a, there's a great panel where, uh, you know, there's all of the... Rag- Ragnarok happens in the comics. It's a little different of a story. We don't have to get into it here. Um, but, like... And Tony Stark comes by to tell him that, you know, he needs to register and the Asgardian's got to be this and that and this and that, trying to tell Thor what to do. And Thor's just telling him, listen, little metal man. And he kicks the shit out of Tony Stark. <laughs> and it's just the most badass thing ever. And, like, that's when you he, they apply to seriousness. But otherwise, it's just like, look at this guy. He's like a, well, he's yeah, like a Renaissance then, Fair kind of dude. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Shakespeare in the park. And the, and the other thing that's really good about him is that Chris Hemsworth's actually a really funny guy. And if they just used his funniness and his ability to deliver com- comedy the way they did in Thor Ragnarok for the whole thing, it would have meant a, it would have meant better movies, I think. Oh yeah, and, and you know what? They had little anything. like they had like little tidbits and stuff like between Thor: The Dark World and all the Thor- Captain <laughs> Civil War and all that stuff. They had that little short with him just like chilling out in in Australia or something. Oh yeah, no, that's so funny. Seeing like, that you, was like refreshing. That's how Thor yeah. was like. Yes, we have Thor back. Great. And, and you know, taking these these you know, because these movies are supposed to be an escape, but they're not just supposed to be like a gritty reality. That's no. not like it's not supposed to be Game of Thrones. No, you know what I mean. Maybe the Netflix series, if you're looking for something like that, and we'll get into that later too. But like, 
these are supposed to be an escape where you can like go there and just smile. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what it's supposed to be. So um, having the first Thor movie be so serious and uh like that was its biggest failure as far as I'm concerned. And it you know, it was plot it was plot okay. Like I mean, you sp- most of the movie is Thor not being Thor, which is whatever. But yeah. the thing that it did really well and the thing that it was the it was probably in my opinion the second most important character introduction was the introduction of Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Oh yes. Oh my god. So good. <laughs> yeah, that so was that, w- that was very right. He is uh probably one of the strongest villains in the entirety of the Marvel universe. Yeah, I would I would say he is number 1. I think he is the the most like compelling. He's got good motives. They fleshed him out over lots of movies. You know, he's got really good interactions with other characters. His sort of And he's just like universally applicable. And, and he just gets into me- all sorts of shit. And his demeanor is like so tantalizing, and and what he can actually do, and like he's and yeah, the, the actor plays him perfectly. Oh yeah, Tom Hiddleston, and like even when you see him at Comic Cons when he's in character, like it's just perfect. Like, yeah, he does it so perfectly, and it's just it's it's one of the greatest things ever. Um, and I think off the back of the Thor movie, that's why they decided to make Tom Hiddleston's Loki a big character in four more movies going forward. Oh yeah, five. So like. I don't know. I and I don't think that's good. wasted. Like I said, he's he's pretty well universally applicable. He gets into everything, and that's tr- that's true to, in the Marvel universe as well. One thing I didn't like about the first Thor movie was uh, Jane Foster because she wasn't into it, and she never has been into it. Uh, Natalie Portman, yeah. And then you could tell, and it was just like you don't need to be here. I don't need this to be a romance story. And when they didn't have a Jane Foster character in Thor Ragnarok, like, yeah, no one cared. Nope. <laughs> That was fine. Yeah, because it was about Thor and the Hulk. Anyway. Um, all right, next, let's talk about the next one. Captain America, the first Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the crap out of this movie. Talk about it. Talk I, about it. I actually didn't watch this movie until like quite a couple of years after it came out. I didn't even know it came out. And then I saw it, and I was like, this is just perfect. This oh, is it's, like, it's good, right? This is like the Captain America movie that... You can't do a Captain America movie more right than this. Well, I was well. You can because they did afterwards. But listen, that ca- first Captain America movie. Um, but prior to it, I hated Captain America because I had this sentiment that you know because I've been I've done a lot of traveling and a lot of people in the places I traveled in aren't fond of Americans. Yeah. And you know there was a lot of stigmatization in my head and stereotyping happening in my head about people from the states mm-hmm. and i was just like yeah oh yeah his, his superpower is that he's american but no he's 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 exactly what america wants to be the pinnacle yeah. of freedom and and like trying to be doing the right thing and and you know being the right kind of person moral compass strategy and he's a badass and the fact that he's not super powered god lightning shooter balls man no or that's, he's got a that's metal just suit. that's fantastic that's all he needs or he's got a metal plot device to wear as a suit yeah or you know or he's literally turns into an indestructible green thing that literally can't be killed yeah like now he's he's just a he's a guy but he's a guy who's on he, par he's with all basically the simple man of the avengers but he's but he's so important oh yeah and you're right no you know that movie was really good and looking back that movie's quite good i think i'm gonna watch it again uh tonight but um at any rate it was really important because uh it finally ends up tying everything together at the end and then 
and and, and oh, also Hugo Weaving's Red Skull is awesome. I oh, thought yeah. that character he was really ha- good. On a side note, he had better not be gone. So the thing is, Red at the Skull end of that movie, is so he's one of the <laughs> great big uh, Marvel villains. Villains that we were just talking about, like like uh, Loki. Red Skull is huge. Well, I mean, and the thing is, because right now, like, because this deal between Disney and Fox hasn't gone through where they can, where they're, they're going to buy back all of their properties, um, that hasn't gone through yet, so mm-hmm. th- that means that their access, they don't have access to Galactus, they don't have access to Doctor Doom, they don't have access to Magneto, Yeah, they don't have access to these powerhouse villains that exist in those universes. They don't have access to the Green Goblin. I mean, they kind of do now because Sony sort of gotten on board, but at the time they didn't. So they had to get these villains right. And Red Skull, um, I think it was fine. The writing could have been stronger on it, but Hugo Weaving's an awesome actor. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much he, he liked it or how much he wants to do it, but I know this is that he, uh, Red Skull is still alive in the universe because, and I've looked in the extended media, you can find this out. Basically, the Tesseract teleported him away. People thought it vaporized him, but it teleported him away because it was the space gem, right? Well, of course, and that's what it was supposed to do. So, and but at the time, he wasn't. It wasn't intuitive to think that there wasn't even any. Well, any no, you didn't know anything about the Tesseract. Like you might have been able to infer that after watching the Avengers, seeing it teleport things. Right, but you you don't know you all you thought it was it was it was, a, was that it was a cosmic cube, which yeah, was a power uh, source. Which was a, yeah, it's a thing from the from the comics, a cosmic cube. It's a wishing box. Yeah. Um, whereas you don't really understand that there's been infinity stones in the whole thing until Thor, the second Thor, or uh, Avengers: Age of uh, Fuck Ups. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, so I mean, that's we we got a lot of movies to go through here, and and we're uh, we're already fairly into the podcast um let's oh, go a little bit pay attention to that more rapid fire um the avengers so we got we obviously got to talk about this because nothing had been done but like in this form ever before i mean like you've had team-up movies where you've had you know people in other people's movies like the x-men was a team but it was about the whole team fantastic four was a team but it was about the whole team yeah um league of extraordinary gentlemen like you could have had solo movies for each of those characters first and then had them all in one movie do you know what i mean yeah but this was an actual undertaking where they took these characters put them all together they played exactly like they played in their own movies and you saw how you know they fought and they how they got along and how they got over their differences and and just it was just such an undertaking and i saw it with a guy who doesn't even like superhero movies and he liked it yeah <laughs> so i don't know i think uh i think it's been a it's been a hell of a ride and i think that that movie um the way, the way they used loki the way they teased thanos at the end yeah um, you know, everyone's role, I mean, the way they, they used Hawkeye's little bits in the previous movies to give him a proper role in this one and showed that, you know, again, it's that full thing about being an average guy and they yeah. played on it really well in Age of Ultron is it's, we root for those guys and we like those guys. We make fun of them, but we like them. Anyway, I don't oh, have yeah. anything else to say about the Avengers. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Monster good movie. Just, like, uh, amazing amalgamation of all those characters into uh, one movie and then have them develop even more. Super cool. I ran over my cord and now it's stuck in my wheel. Give me a second bit. Uh-oh. There. Oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, it's pretty, like, it made a shit ton of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I think at this point that's when, like, uh, 
Disney was, I think Disney had either bought them or was going to buy them because of the success of this. And then now they're the top dogs. Yeah, they're, so, this is a big cash drain. Oh, yeah, it's a license to print money. It's Right, it's, like everybody who owns anything from Marvel right now just hit the stock jackpot. Right, and and the other thing is, like, now DC Comics, they were trying to make their movies. They're playing catch-up, but, like, like DC made Superman, who was the first superhero. Yeah. That means that Marvel made Iron Man up to the Avengers, which was, like, the first comic book super movies that were actually, like, Oh my fucking god, this is amazing. <laughs> Do you know what I well, mean? Well, that's just it is it wasn't like now we're starting to talk like really diverse superheroes doing all sorts of stuff fighting all sorts of bad guys. They're like it's a gold mine. Oh, and it's amazing. And like they had a lot to live up to after the release of that movie. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of where a couple things fell off the rails for me. I mean, I liked bits of this, the next one, so the next one's Iron Man 3. It's supposedly the conclusion of the Iron Man focus trilogy and, and the journey he goes through. But I mean, that journey continues on through other movies that he appears in. Right. Yeah. Um, but Iron Man three, like that, it involves sort of a shitty plot twist, but I mean the character as it was, as it was represented, the Mandarin, um, that was shown on TV by, by the act spoiler alert. There's an actors playing the Mandarin the whole time, but like, the acted character is awesome. And Sir Ben Kingsley, I think, is just a great actor. I think it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. I actually, and I, I really like those little clips they did. And, I mean... <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting because the plot twist was actually a letdown. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and my problem with it was, you know how I said Thor 1 was more not Thor? Because he just spent most of the movie not being Thor? Yeah. Um, it's just like they should have called this Tony Stark... Three, not Iron Man three. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he spends most of the movie not with not his being suit. Iron Man, not being Iron Man. He's being Tony Stark. Yeah, which which is fine. I mean, like we had Iron Man before, but it, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Um, well, that's not to say it was say a bad movie. movie. Um, no, it made a shit ton of money because it came off the back of the Avengers. Yeah. So again, it like <laughs> these are just gold mines because again, this is just a passable one, and it's still fucking cool. Yeah. The only <laughs> downside was that they kind of brushed off to the wayside one of the one of those really really important marvel villains yeah the mandarin and 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 like in digital media they've sort of hinted at the fact that that wasn't the real mandarin and the real mandarin's still out there but but they're probably never gonna do anything with it uh, and if they do they're probably gonna do it like small scale like not in a movie uh, which is, I mean, they can do that too. They can still do that well. They will, they'll do, give it justice. They probably could give a character as deep as that more justice in a TV series than they can on a movie. Um, probably, ha- but it's still because they haven't like... done as much in the movies with it, and they have very little Iron Man left to use. Well, you know no, I mean? so, and that's the thing is uh, Downey says that he's um, he's done doing standalones, and I think he's kind of wearing thin on the the get-togethers. Yeah, and and his contract's up soon, so it, like all the original guys are up very shortly. And, uh, yeah, no, we'll see what happens. But at any rate, uh, the next one, Thor, the second Thor, Thor, the dark Thor. Pretty well, the second (laughs) Thor. They did all the same crap over again. Yeah. So I, it was such, I, that villain sucked. Malekith was not, yeah, he was really bad. I don't understand the the thing. There was this like, there was like this liquid thing. They sort of explained that there were these singularities and like they're starting to begin. That was the first of anything. It can appear as liquid. So Odin briefly mentioned infinity stones in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It creates blood tornadoes, I guess. 
<laughs> but it's the reality gem, so I'm concerned as to why he just chose to make blood tornadoes. Yeah, um, obviously has a bit like a lack of imagination. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, there's, there's nothing to say about this movie. This was the last time. I mean, again, Loki's performance was sweet. We find out at the end that he's masquerading as Odin, which yeah. becomes important for the third Thor movie. Um, which is like, that's fine. That's great. Because <laughs> we'll talk is, yeah. about the third Thor movie later. Right. And but more like, important, it comes out four years later. So, so yeah. More important, The most important one. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, Christ. This Mother is still my favorite one. God. It's so good. This Just, movie uh, was so good that they used the they fa- took the directors of this movie and made them direct the next the Avengers three and four because Joss Whedon was already doing Avengers two. Yeah, so like it was so good that Anthony and Joe Russo are now like the the saviors of the Marvel. Like they're the main directors. They're like, oh my god, these guys are unbelievable. This movie, the way they treated it was like it was an espionage sort of secret agency action thriller yeah and a superhero movie it wasn't a superhero movie first like you could have taken superhero-ness out of this entirely and oh it would have been completely amazing. reminded me of tom clancy like it was so well acted so well written the plot was there was awesome. intrigue the, oh my fuck was it ever good <laughs> and there was some like super deep-seated human relevance oh my god it was just so monster good if you're not going to see any of these movies, just watch that one. Yeah, that's like you'll get enough. your fill. You can you can watch like some kind of recap of Captain America one, and then just watch the Winter Soldier. It's so good, and like how the way that they just the the plot twist in it, where this like Hydra is completely within Shield. I spoiler alert, and like you have to tear down all of Shield in order to do this, and Nick Fury goes becomes a ghost. It's like this is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's some like, moving they, and shaking in the. The establishment completely destroyed yeah. with this movie. Like, completely thrashed it. It was amazing. Yeah, they, they pulled a regular Game of Thrones on that movie. Ugh, and 2014 was a good year, because what comes out after this amazing movie? Guardians of the Galaxy. Fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy is proof positive that this studio was capable of taking a, a, a property that nobody knew about, no one understood. And, and just making it, like, world famous. Mm-hmm. Gold, just pure gold, and like James I didn't know Gunn, anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't either. I had to look it up. I only knew this was the main characters they were going to use, and James Gunn directing it, like, and the soundtrack in the thing. There's zero original songs in the soundtrack. They just took like a mixtape from the '80s, put it in the background of this movie, and it fucking works so well. The colors were vibrant. It wasn't trying to be dark and gritty like Thor: The Dark Thor, and like. It was, it was, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Can't get over how good it is. It, it's just, it's like a pop hit. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It was wonderful. Can't and like, say it, enough about it. No, and, and like, literally, I think the, I think pay, in terms of paycheck per word, I think uh, Vin Diesel wins it because he says only, <laughs> he says, he says like 72 words in the whole uh, movie because he's just saying, I am Groot. In, in yeah, with varying and, and, intonations. Yeah, and it's that's it, and it, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's and it's and like again, the casting choices for these characters, all the way through up until this point, is perfect, spot on. Yeah, it like Any, can't talk enough about it. So again, that's another one we'd recommend. And then the everybody gets back together, for team up das, for for the das Age Avengers. of Ultron. So this, it's not really an age, it's like about two weeks, 
but whatever. Um, it's completely different from the Age of Ultron story in the comics because most of those, most of that story revolves around Susan Storm and Wolverine, which they don't have the rights to. So it's, it's sort I of a tentative. I thought Pym title. was the one who made Ultron. Yeah, he made Ultron, but the story Age of Ultron revolves around those two characters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's anyway. about the extent that I know of the uh, the comic book Age of Ultron. But in this one, Tony, Fucks Tony it. Stark makes everything fucked up. And we find out in this one that uh, the actual the scepter Loki used in Avengers for one, most people didn't put this together. It was actually like had an Infinity Stone in it, which is why it was so powerful. Which is also interesting because it was gave to he was given to him by Ultron. No, it was given to him by Thanos. Oh, that's they made right. Ultron. Right. <laughs> I'm getting my yeah. names mixed up, but that's the also Guardian. interesting because Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, their main villain was given the Power Stone. By Thanos. Well, no, because he, he stole the Power Stone because it was found... Oh, right. He was about yeah. to give the Power Stone to Thanos. And then he decided to steal it, yeah. As so, if that's not part of Thanos' plan or something, though. Well, Thanos, at the end at the end credit scene of Age of Ultron, he puts on an empty Infinity Gauntlet and says, I'll fine, I'll do it myself. Right. Right, because because it's he's sick of you know having to rely on people like Loki and people like you know Malekith or whatever and yeah, so like, now he's just gonna get out there and kick some tail, which is what he's gonna do April uh, April twenty seventh. Yeah, but at any rate, um, Age of Age Ultron, of Ultron I mean, was fine. It was fine. Like it, I think it had a lot of hype. Uh, Joss Whedon sort of fucked the dog on it, but at any rate, it's a fine enough movie. It's passable. It's not as good as the first Avengers. It's not gonna be as good as the third Avengers. Um, I, I think it was passable as a movie, but I mean, it was sort of had the same trope that we've seen in a lot of these movies up to this point, where it's yeah. just, uh, you know, blank masked army of gray things that are not I, I think they did pretty good with Ultron, actually. Which, Ultron as a character was fine. I think that they could have done more with it because a lot of the battle was just like Avengers smacking robots down. Yeah. You know, shitty robots. And like... You know, I, you know, I, I, I want to save you for humanity, so the solution to that is to drop a city on the earth and kill everyone, I guess. So, I mean, that's sort of a trope, but yeah, we're it not, is what we're not going to debate his sanity, but uh, yeah, it was kind of just the I'm, I'm mad, so I'm going to blow up the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Either way, Ant Man. It's saw the birth of the Vision. I thought that was really important. And oh good, right, and the a good Vision. Addition. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the end, they, they sort of, it sort of ties everything, it sets everything up for Civil War, um, which I would consider to be like Avengers 2.5. Pretty it well. Was the, it was the real Avengers, but between that, we had the introduction of Ant-Man, um, which is, would be our first uh, solo origin film in betwixt all of this, and it sort of is reminiscent of that phase, first, phase one stuff, because it's the main character fighting against an evil version of him. Yeah. So, um, it's same power set, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's really funny moments in it. Like, it's a hilarious movie. It's treated like a heist movie, but a funny heist movie. Yeah. Well casted. You know, I think it was really good. It was really good. Uh, and, and the thing that's interesting about that, I think I mentioned this in a previous film flow, is that Edgar Wright was going to originally be the director, but he just did some of the screenwriting. And you can see bits of that in the movie. And he was the guy who did Baby, Baby Driver and, and the... Uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, we and, talked about yeah. this last time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Ant-Man, you know, it's it's a good enough movie. I mean, again, it wasn't, like, the best movie, but it was quite good. Oh, yeah. And, like, it was really important to do that movie because I think he was a little more obscure than the characters that they would in- introduce in the next movie. Yeah. Um, which, my goodness, here come Anthony and Joe Russo again. 
with <laughs> Captain America's Civil War. Oh, fuck. Avengers 2.5. So, here's what's good about this movie. Everything. <laughs> you can put... They've, they've proved it at that point that they could put all of these characters on screen and it's fine. Oh, yeah. It's good. That, that's it was okay. Like, it was like a test for uh, Avengers 3 that, you know, can we do this with this many characters? Yeah, you can. Totally, you can. And it was fun and it was good. The introduction of Black Panther... Who again? We'll talk about that in a you know towards the end here. And Spidey, but like, Spidey is finally in. That was a huge draw. Um, like this movie was was enormous. And like the only thing I didn't like about it was the villain because it you didn't even have to have him there. No, he was completely pointless as far as I'm concerned. But you know, like, and, and like it was and just the, and that, the, yeah, the name they took up to give to that villain, um, Baron Zemo. No, I don't a, know anything about that. Well, he's a really important villain for Captain America in the comics, and like he's very Hydra based, and like he's 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 intense and he's brutal and he's a lot of fun. But like they kind of washed him away with this. I think the main focus was the intervention of the Winter Soldier and what you know how they they worked with that and you know yeah. this whole security versus privacy. It's the heroes versus the heroes. There is some grittiness to this, so like it was a little bit of seriousness. It uh, could have pretty well just been Captain America intervening with the Winter Soldier and then the rest of them against the Winter Soldier. Right, but I mean, at that point, you're just doing the Winter Soldier again, but with Avengers, and it's like the Winter Soldier's not good enough to fuck up all of them. Yeah. And like, I, what I like about it is they took the, the main powerhouses away in Age of Ultron, being the Hulk and Thor, so that whoever they, the, whose side they were on didn't just win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've already seen Hulk versus Thor in the Avengers, right? So... Yeah, it it pretty well just plays out in mass destruction. But it is a fantastic movie. Oh yeah, very good. Um and then the next one, the the coming the introduction of magic into the MCU. So up until this point, everything's been sort of based loosely on science. Uh science and stuff and that you can tangibly understand. Yeah, and like space exploration, you know, Star Wars level stuff. And Doctor force. Strange starts out with someone chasing a bunch of hoodlums. Um as they're folding buildings into each other. Yeah, like different realities, like the mirror verse. And like, she's, she, he's, he wants to learn about what, you know, magic is all about. And the, the ancient one sends him through the multiverse. And it's like the biggest head trip. I saw that in IMAX 3D. Uh, oh, I'd have thrown I, up. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was, having, I was having the craziest head rush. I wanted to see it again. But it's expensive, right? So Yeah. But like, yeah, I think, again... You wouldn't think that he's a British guy, but he's a British guy playing an American guy, and it's pretty good. Like, there's some comedy involved in it. Some of it falls a little short, but I think it's still quite good. It's sort of, again, it, we're we're well into these movies by this point, and, like, it feels like this movie could have been in phase one in spirit, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think practically you could have made it very good in phase one. But, like, it could have been sort of an origin movie, like, in the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's another Ant-Man sort of stage, but it came out a year after Ant-Man. More than a year. So, yeah, and and it's it's good. And, like, introducing those elements and sort of bringing the time gem out and sort of making everyone aware that, okay, we're talking about Infinity Stones. We're talking about cosmic things. It also kind of expands on the vastness of the universe and all the characters in it. it, Kind of like how Guardians of the Galaxy did that, right? Like, Guardians was only loosely connected to Earth because that's where uh, Star-Lord Peter Quill's from. from. Yeah, Peter Quill's Star-Lord, yeah. But Um, uh, Doctor Strange is pretty well like, no, these guys protect it from the pretty well all of the crazy shit that goes on in the universe 
But, but I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Is that Guardians of the Galaxy opened the gates up so they could do space shit, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange opened opened the gates up so they could do magic shit. Which yeah. is why, like in the extended universe, when you talk about the TV series, like they did Civil War. I don't know. They did uh, Winter Soldier, which collapsed Shield. Mm-hmm. So Agents of Shield became very interesting after that, obviously. And then you did um, uh, Doctor Strange, and that allowed them to do things like Ghost Rider in the TVs, right? Because people were ready for that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. And um, basically, uh, after that, you run into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, what's your opinion on that movie? I thought it was amazing. What did you think about it with reference to the first one? Uh, I actually That's thought it was kind of right? lacking. I think it was worse than the first one, too. I don't think it was bad, but I, I thought it, compared to the first one, and not even because of the novelty of it being an unknown team and, you know, getting to know them. I think, like, in general, like, it wasn't quite as strong as the first one, but, I mean, usually you get that. There's not a lot of sequels that are better than the first one. Um, had a lot of hype to live up to, but, I mean, I thought it was fairly compelling and well-acted. Um, again, it brought in this whole thing about cosmic entities and celestials. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty interesting part of it. And it's so kind of interesting yeah. that you mentioned that, like how it brings in something. Um, it's interesting that now we're looking at these movies thinking about, oh, what more can they do? What, like, like how much more can they add to this universe, right? Because it's almost like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is kind of a letdown because Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was so just completely different from the rest of the uh, the Marvel movies that they'd made up until that point. They're like, wow, now these guys are in space. Wow, now that guy's got tattoos and he beats crap up with his bare hands and there's that talking tree that says, I am Groot. Yeah. What else can they do? And, and now there's you, magic and, you, and they're folding buildings and shit. And now and they're... Like... And now there's space brains that are planets that are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And and like like you said, like the way you got to think about this is if they made the same type of movie over and over, over again, it'd be just a big Jenga tower that they're building, right? Oh yeah. But what they're doing instead is they're building like a pyramid. They're making, oh, they're a, making very a universe. wide, wide foundation, right? The analogy I'm trying to use is the pyramid. Yeah. They're trying to make a wide foundation and then building it up to a to a pinnacle, which will be the Avengers movie, the the Avengers three and and up to Avengers four. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next big one that comes out is Spider-Man Homecoming, which was huge for a lot of reasons. Um, namely that, hey, like, call it five years prior, we none of us ever thought we'd ever see Spider-Man in one of these movies because Sony owned them. And why would they let go of them? Because, like I said earlier, that it's the biggest cash grab in terms of a character for kids. So they went together on this, and Marvel was so confident in how well they would be able to do this movie that they said they were going to do they were they would let Sony get all of the merchandising rights because they would make so much money on the movie itself. Yeah. Sony can make get all the money from all the product placement and everything that and the movie made so much money. Again, they used Iron Man as a as a draw for it and it had a compelling villain. I really liked the Vulture. I thought it was a great. I thought it was great. And Tom, and uh, Tom Holland killed it. Like finally <laughs> Spider-Man is a teenager. That's why Spider-Man to be. is actually Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah. Right? He's not just a moody little shit. Yeah, he's Spider-Man and like he's he's quippy and he's like Deadpool but for kids and he's Pretty a teenager well. and but like and it's funny cuz in Civil War like it's hilarious like you have, wow, you have a metal arm and he's like holding his arm and and just bending just, it back like that's like so cool. I loved it. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> like that's, that's just a good like, one. I recommend that anyone sees that. Oh, for sure. And then 
then and then and then and then and then. So Thor then, Ragnarok. Oh, was that ever good? <laughs> I I you know what I'm I've seen it a couple more times since I first saw it not too long ago, and I'm still standing by. I think it's probably my favorite Marvel movie. Oh yeah, it is Tim- so good. I was it's- so happy with it. Thor is probably one of my favorite. Like I'm I'm biased, of course. Thor is probably my favorite Marvel character. And right. they did him so right. Well, because again, they got like I said, they got rid of the seriousness unless they needed it, unless he was doing a badass thing, and they did a lot of badass things here. They they finally let go of the Odin thing. Um, Loki's character went came full circle and did and you know became like a like a certain type of character. Um, everything was well acted. The you know the inclusion of of the, like this buddy road trip sort of thing that happened was mm-hmm. awesome. They got rid of this Jane Fonda bullshit. The villain was compelling, and they used like a real actress. Kate Blanchett is like a serious actress. Yeah, and and like they just did it perfectly. Um, they didn't have to rely on Infinity Stones. Uh, Korg, the stone monster. I don't know if you know. This, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the director. That's Taita Wakiti. Huh. What's his name? Sorry, I think I fucked that up. Taika. His name is Taika Watiti. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. He's a New Zealander, and it's just like it's such a good fucking movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. Uh, so now, um, given that, let's let's get into the last one that's been released, and we got to be careful with spoilers here. I have um, not seen this one. You have not seen it. No, you are in the minority, my friend. I, I know. Um, because I blame school. I hadn't seen Ragnarok until like last month. So I'm behind on all this stuff unless I'm at home for the summer. So what's interesting about this is Black Panther. Whoever heard of Black Black Panther outside of Civil War? Like it seemed like so obscure, out of left field. You know, if you felt like it was going to be another Doctor Strange or Ant-Man, you know, just make some money and, and you know, just introduce the character and be nice. This movie is fantastic. The villain's compelling. The story's amazing. It's casted perfectly. The music is perfect. It solves the music issue that Marvel's had. We've talked about this a few times in the podcast. Completely solves it. They had Kendrick Lamar do the soundtrack. Uh, African-American themes, real-world relevant themes. It's it's just so good. And, like, it's the coolest thing ever. The, the environment is based on Afrofuturism, which is a term I'd never even heard of, but, like, futuristic but African culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what it would look like untouched by Western civilization if they were allowed to advance. Um, but it is, right now, while still being in theaters, the 12th highest-grossing film of all time. Ah. <laughs> it's made... It has made... More money than Captain America Civil War, Lord of the Rings of Return of the King, Iron Man 3, uh, Fast and Furious 8. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's almost going to pass uh, Beauty and the Beast, the remake. It's going to come really close to Frozen. <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi is just, it's its not that far ahead of it, right? Like, it's, into, it's in league with movies like Avengers Age of Ultron, Fast and Furious 7, um, things like that. So, yeah. And, yeah. And it's, it's not even a come together big. No, it's just a movie, and it's so perfect. And like the way they they're they're sort of planting Black Panther is sort of like this new technological leadership sort of role. It's sort of how they're they're taking roles from people from Phase One, the original Avengers, and sort of slowly dispersing that out amongst the other team members, right? Like mm-hmm. you could almost do another Avengers movie where it's like your Iron Man is your is your Black Panther, your Thor, super powerful yet somewhat magically based character is Doctor Strange. Your Captain America character is like a uh, the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. um, and you're you're you know you could do anything with with these characters, and it's, it's just so fantastic. I just 
don't know. <laughs> I get worked up. But at, at any rate, this movie's great, and I, I encourage anyone to go see it. Um, it's not super preachy either. Like, it's good enough that you can just go and just appreciate it and disagree with the characters or agree with them. Like, it's a real movie, and it's it's good. And Andy Serkis' character does a really good job. I don't want to spoil it because Fox hasn't seen it, but... Um, and that all leads into the movie that's coming out in a month, which is Avengers Infinity War, which is the culmination of everything we've talked about this podcast. Infinity Stones, Universes, Thanos, <laughs> all of the Avengers characters. characters. 63 characters. Yeah, that's going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers. Oh my god. And like this all couples in with... Um, you know, there's two movies between this one and the next Avengers, so they're, they're re- I think they're related to each other. When they were initially announced, it was going to be Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2, but I think they're separate enough as movies. Like they're, I think they're treating the first one as sort of a heist movie where your main character is actually Thanos, mm-hmm. and it's filmed in sort of vignettes where he interacts with the other groups of the Avengers, and they pair people together that normally wouldn't be paired together. Um, and it's just fantastic. Uh, you know, you get the Ant-Man sequels coming out, Captain Marvel. Again, it's another character no one knows about, but hopefully it's really good. And then you have the new Avengers movie, which still is untitled. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, think about the achievement there. Ten years of films. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. It's the 19th film. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're, and, they're yeah. just building up steam. And they're just going hard. Like, it almost seems like they, they, they couldn't do anything wrong at this point. No, I, I have, like I said, none of them I've, I've disliked. Um, the one thing I want to touch on before the end of this is uh, the TV series, and uh, we don't have to do them all because it's, they're not all that popular, but Marvel's Inhumans was a failure. That's all I'm going to say about that. We don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, has been, you know, it's ABC property, so it's it's somewhat tame, but, like, it started out kind of shitty, but it's slowly become a pretty good series. Um, but the main things I like to talk about are the Netflix series, which are sort of adult-themed, adult-orientated uh fleshed out villains good plot lines started out stronger than it than it ended out but then they released the punisher so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but like it goes like this it was daredevil uh season one jessica jones season one daredevil season two luke cage iron fist the defenders punisher season one um and then now it's going to be daredevil or jessica jones season two just came out and then they're going to do uh daredevil season three i believe is the next yeah i think that's the one uh, no, I think the next one is Luke Cage season two, and then Daredevil season three. And Luke Cage season two is gonna is, but like all of these series, again, you can watch them completely separate from the movies. Uh, they're great because what they treat them as typically is it's this type of series, and also they're superheroes. Um, highly recommended. The first Daredevil season's amazing. The first Punisher season's amazing. The first Jessica Jones season is amazing. Uh, highly recommend those. Uh, why don't you just watch those and get back to me on how good they are? <laughs> Anyway, uh... Do we have to have a word from our sponsor now? Or, yeah. Marvel Comics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we literally just did an hour on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because it's an achievement. And it, leading into this movie that's coming out in a month, it's like nothing like this has ever been done in the history of film. And it's groundbreaking whether or not you think superhero movies are stupid. It matters yeah this kind of this kind of thing in terms of artistic expression and how you can make something like this actually function because a lot of stuff that comes out on mass like this like your 
some of your Pirates of the Caribbean movies recently, some of your Transform, uh, sorry, all of your Transformers movies. <laughs> um, Fast like and Furious. Fast and Furious, they just rinse and repeat, same shit over and over and over again, just try, try and put heartthrobs in there. They're actual garbage, but like these are actually good movies. Like You could sit down and watch these. They're well acted, they have serious actors. Like my mom's good. even into them. Yeah. And my mom just doesn't watch movies. <laughs> you know, your mom's from a generation that's not, uh, you know... Not, I don't want to say her generation. I want to say like she's from an environment where it's not like it's not like she's she's a comic book nerd. I don't no. think is she no. no. So, but she's but still she can still watch these and enjoy them because they're real movies. And Dad is like he's a Guardians fangirl now. <laughs> like it's impossible. He watches it every week. But at any rate, um, this but is that's why just, it's imp- that's just kind of the impact they have on everybody, right? It's, yeah, and it's why it's important. It's why it matters to me that people understand what an accomplishment it is. It's not just one movie after another. So much had to go right for Marvel, who literally was going to be bankrupt. If Iron Man 1 failed, none of this would have happened. No. So but they, uh, they started off like they bet on black, and now they're betting on tiny numbers, and they're getting billions. The uh, the there's a mo- the video I'd, I'd recommend to anyone who um, has access to YouTube, which hopefully is everyone who's listening to this, is should Iron Man be recast in the MCU? It's by a guy named uh, Comics Explained, Rob Jefferson, um, and it's it's great. It pretty much breaks down exactly what we talked about in terms of how Iron Man one was so important that it had to go right, and uh, and it breaks things down in a, in a big way. Um, but at any rate, that's uh, that's that's been kind of a flim flam, no? Kinda. <laughs> as uh, far I think as flim flams go, next week is Easter, so there's I don't know how well how easy it'll be for us to record. But the week after that, um, I'm probably gonna have a guest on here to talk about cars and stuff, which is something we haven't talked about at all. Um, so that should be fairly interesting. And whether or not um, Fox is going to be available for for it's, that one, it's going to be rocky pending. road for me. It's uh, touch and go. So yeah, it'll be tentative. So you're gonna you maybe you may hear a little less out of Fox, but we'll we'll make sure we're posting this flim flam as weekly as we can. Um, hopefully you've had a good two weeks. Hopefully you have a, a good week this week. Hopefully your Easter is nice. Uh, you get to spend some time with some family. Hope you enjoyed the flim flam. Let us hopefully know if there's the anything. Anything you'd like us to change or anything you think we did really well? Or what you want us to talk about next? I mean, we like to do some lighthearted stuff like this. I mean, I was tempted to talk about gun control, but the... the uh, Oh, yeah, I can talk atmosphere. about all sorts, of do- all sorts of dark stuff and stuff nobody wants to hear about till the cows come home, but... And it's not like we don't think that gun control should be talked about. It's exactly the opposite, but we think there's people talking about it right now who have... Better have credentials. Your, yeah. We'd like to show you that the world is is not as gloomy as it, as we as it might seem sometimes. So we like to talk about some. We, we've got some superheroes stuff. to aspire to be. Yeah. Anyway, so I've been uh, Kalen with a weekly flim flam. I've been Fox, and uh, we will catch you all on the next one. You guys have a good one. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>